Motivators, what's happening? It's the friggin' 5th of November, 2018. It's a rainy Monday morning. Something hanging in the air. You know, I feel, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like it's gonna, I had a good weekend. Friggin' Southern Braves won over the uh, North New Jersey or Northeast Wildcats or something like that. Beat them pretty pretty handily. Saw my son out there running across the field, mean 13, getting a tackle. On a beautiful, sunny, blustery day. We were victorious. My daughter had her cheer competition, regional competition. She they did not make it to the next level. But we're kind of excited about that. Because they did their best. They had a great performance in cheer. And you can hear, the, of course, the significant rains now bouncing off my rain x windshield. So that snuggle up if you have the opportunity or if you're commuting into work, suck it up. Proceed with caution. Put on your windshield wipers. My daughter's team did not advance into the next leg of the competition, which would mean that they would potentially be going down to Disney, Disney World. Or Disneyland, which is the east one. I don't fucking know. Which is the Florida one. We went last year to this, okay? Just give you a little bit of uh, insight into this. I mean, what is nicer for the Browns out there? What is nicer than to, for a child, than to be told that because you performed on this level football, basketball, cheer, track, what have you, you're going to go down to Disney and perform down there and compete. And of course, while we're down there, we'd be fools if we didn't take part and go to every friggin' uh, one of the parks that exist. So we did this last year. So excited because Lily's team was a very good cheer squad. They took second in the nation at their level, Junior Peewee, I believe. Then there were some issues with the with the coaching staff and new new girls coming in and they just couldn't maintain that dominance this year and so had to kind of back to the drawing board still did well <clears throat> but this Disney trip was crazy it was tremendously exciting we fly in we link up the team is excited they have their performance at the ESPN World of Sports down there it's got the whole deal Playing fields, state-of-the-art everything, eateries, nearby hotels, Disney, all the parks, all that shit. And my daughter participated in a competition on a national level. Almost made it. Almost took the prize. It was a very proud moment for our family and our team. And it was emotional. They even called, they were looking for dads to come down and do a toe-touch competition like you do a David Lee Roth leap. And I did that. I didn't win, but mine was very good, technically, I'm told. The other guy just happened to come last, and it was a, the, the award was based upon applause, right? So by the time this last competitor got up there, the crowd was at a roar. I was one of the first ones. Anyway, I'm not making excuses. I'll improve my toe touch and next time I'll win. But this Disney thing, let me tell you, it it was awesome. It was also kind of a scam. 
I mean, I don't know how many thousands of dollars we spent going down there or how many neurons we fried in the process of travel and excitement and it was certainly worth it. It was a bucket list item. We'll remember it forever. Well, my kids have kids have kids. We'll be talking about it. But Disney is the most, simultaneously, the most, and to me, it is the most magical place on this earth with something for everybody, excitement, nonstop, cleanliness, beauty, but everybody wants to be there, and so it's like this, to me, it represents the ugly American, because there's nothing but big fat people, everybody trying to get in line in front of everyone else, everybody excited for that same good time, desperate to have it, waiting in lines, walking across the park, it's just not, like, I like my vacations to be at least 50% relaxation. We can do some exciting things, but Disney, I don't care if I ever go to again. I'm going to tell you some of the parts of it I did like. I did like Epcot and the whole round-the-world thing where you walk, you know, you're in France, and then you walk counterclockwise or clockwise, and you're in Spain, Israel, and you can eat the food and buy their little tchotchkes and that is a wonderful, beautiful, awesome thing. I also like Universal Studios. We did the Harry Potter experience, which was fucking unbelievable. But some of the other shit, the travel, the stress, it smells like one big fart because everybody's in there just consuming burgers and fries and um, cortisol sandwiches, all stressed out, all hyped up about the good time that they're desperate to have. Calgon, take me away, man. Just give me a place next time when we go. Give me a resort. I don't care if it's freaking the best resort there or some middle-of-the-road resort. It's got a pool. It's got a place where I can sit out there and look at a little lake or some nature. Some alligators sunning themselves on some Florida uh, you know, bank. Whatever. Just give me a respite from the place so I can go and hide there. For a few minutes, so that was cool. That was uh, our weekend was competing. The Southern Braves football squad tribe. We defended our tribe. We're going to the next level. I think South uh, West Philly Wildcats next week. So that's going to be the next level, and they're good. You know, we're getting more and more competitive with the football. Now, there's a chance that Sam's squad. They continue to perform as they have, which is very well, that they could have to go down to Disney to compete. So we're not off the hook with that yet. Of course, this all happens in the beginning of December. So you got to jump through your shit to make it happen. Listen, I would like to share with you uh, a book that I'm reading right now. It's called You're It, I believe. Yeah, by Alan Watts. You're It on hiding, seeking, and being found. So this is, I've heard of Alan Watts before. I've seen some of his quotes. He's kind of like a, you know, kind of like, like a, an interesting little gray beard going. He's very sage-like in appearance. He was a philosopher. He had Buddhist influence. Alan Watts. Sounds like he might have been a Brit. Anyway, friggin', this is a compilation of his philosophical rants. And if this guy don't make sense, I don't know who does. It's just absolute beautiful 
awesome stuff. Alan Watts, you're it on hiding, seeking, and being found. Something like that. Dude has me, I don't know how many lectures, but I'm on the third one. There may be a half hour, 45 minutes in length. Tackles some of the big questions in life. I'll give you an excerpt. So he's talking about basically the yin and yang. That there's this book that was written, the Chinese text that was written, the I Ching or something like that. It was written many, many, many years ago, thousands of years ago. A lot of wisdom in there. And he talks about how the book was talking about the concept of yin and yang, which is depicted as this circle with like a, two symmetrical structures, little teardrops or fish swimming. And on one side, you've got black with a white spot. On the other side, you've got white with a black spot. And if, when, I, when you see yin and yang, I've always thought balance. Like I knew that much through martial arts class. He expands. He talks about how the our present-day um, computer technology is all bent, based upon the same premise from the I Ching. Like, uh, it's, it's a compilation of ones and zeros. You ever hear about that? Remember the Matrix when there's that green screen and all the ones and zeros pop across? This is how we do we perform calculations. This is how math was created. One or nothing. This is how nerves fire. So a nerve either, I mean, we're covering this in anatomy class just in the last set, couple weeks. A nerve either fires or it does not. They call that an all or nothing principle. When a nerve, imagine a wire in your brain, when a nerve called a neuron fires, it either fires, it has enough of a stimulus in order to fire, or it doesn't, or it doesn't have enough of an impulse, a stimulus, and therefore it doesn't fire at all. They call this the all or nothing principle. So it's essentially the same thing as ones and zeros, good or bad, dark and light, something or nothing. And so it's interesting how Western philosophy, we, you know, we get bits and pieces of Eastern philosophy and this concept of balance and so on and so forth, but we choose, even though we know that there is a balance in all things in life, like, hey, today it's raining, soggy, shitty. This is only significant. We only appreciate this rainy, stormy Monday is because we've had beautiful, sunshiny, brilliant Fridays, for instance, right? Like Monday is one side of the spectrum. It's the beginning of something. It's the beginning of our work week and stress. We're just coming off the weekend. And then Friday, we're heading towards the good time. A little bit of time off, hopefully, right? But we only can appreciate a rainy day for a sunny day. Or a good day because we've had a bad day, the comparison. Or a good person because we've met a turd and turds get flushed. Right? Or sickness because we've experienced health. Or black because we understand, we appreciate white. And he talks about all of these, um, so he talks about ones and zeros, the nerve impulse called the action potential, that's our, in our, our entire being is controlled by our nervous system, right? The presence 
of an action potential or nerve actually firing or not at all. It talks about, you know, for instance, <clears throat> white and black, like, you know, you've got these problems with racial problems, racial tension in our country and throughout the world. You know, he, he goes on to explain that white implies black, and black implies white. Think again about the the uh, yin and yang symbol. Got a black side with a white dot, got a white side with a black dot. They are the same thing. One implies the other. You can't have good without bad. Right? You can't have white without dark. It's a comparison. You see? So one is not better than another. One is not preferred over another. They're part of the same thing. You think about this, extrapolate it to tomorrow, we have this, it's going to be all crazy energy as there has been over the past six months, progressively working towards Voters Day, which is tomorrow, Tuesday, November 6th, right? Think about it. When you go up to the polls and you, you give, give your red ticket or your blue ticket, and you step inside the, beyond the curtain and you make your, your selection... Don't think for a a second that you are superior in your political affiliation or that you've got it all figured out. Because in order for a Democrat to exist, there must be a Republican. There must be a comparison and vice versa. We all have these same thoughts and tendencies and... There's this whole political division thing that is, like, ridiculous. And it's at a frenzy to the point where we've got two sides, two distinct, passionate sides about American politics, each with their points. And all we all have our tendency, our, um, our point of view, our perspective that prefers one over the other. And that's fine. We have our decisions to make. We can't vote for everybody. Everybody can't win. Just know that we're all part of the same system. We're all part of the same country. And we all essentially want the same things. We want our country to thrive economically. We want every American citizen to be offered the freedoms that we have, um, have built up and talked so much shit about how free we are and how you know, the American Revolution and all this shit, you know, that is very important stuff historically and valid in our present times. But we need to appreciate there are two sides to every coin. And you're just because you have your point of view doesn't mean you can't respect the other side. Right? No more than if today is a gloomy day, can we expect every day to be gloomy? So it's very, very interesting. Right now he's talking about this Alan Watts. Really fucking love it. I love the cadence of his voice. I love the sincerity. Uh, he's, he says he's not a guru. He's, try, he's trying to inform people and get them off thinking on their own. 
but pondering some really important things. It's just interesting how we have, the human mind is very complex, but in this country we've got these, this sense where we've always, we always want to win and we always got to be right and, and think that, you know, push our views, sell our views over another point of view. And while I appreciate that it's important for us to uphold our values and, um, you know, try to get our best, do what's best for our population, sometimes in the process, we don't want to just get our views on the platform. We want to destroy everything about any other view. And that's not healthy. And that's not good, and I'm not a part of that bullshit. There are some things that I don't like about our current administration. I don't like the way Donald Trump treats people. I think he has very poor character. And he's got a track record of having poor character, despite any successes that he's had in business and what have you. I don't like him. I don't like the way he treats other people. I don't think it's hard. I don't think it's a stretch to see that he's got issues. And he's not presidential in any way. Whether he does some things with his policy that helps us in some way, I'm sure he will. But he's not a good face. He's not a good leader to represent the best of what American can do. History will be the judge. But I gotta say... I'm not completely against him. I'm not completely against the Democrats or Republicans. I've got my views. And this has been, has provided some well-needed perspective, this book that I'm listening to. It gives me hope as I pull in the office here and I look at the foliage and the beautiful oak tree and surrounding trees in my office here. I got a friggin' six foot diameter oak tree that overhangs the office. Brilliant orange, red, brown foliage and some wildflowers that are still in bloom right in front of the office. Pink and white. And just look at the balance. Here we go. Daylight savings time's upon us. Fall transitioning to winter. Another holiday. Another, another occasion. A stressful day. A great day. A smile. A frown. Love, hate. In closing, Alan Watts most recently is talking about that we are like waves, like mankind and our thoughts and our tendencies. We are like waves upon the ocean. We are a crest of a wave, a trough of a wave. But we are not in that ocean. We are waves upon the ocean. We're not alone. We are in good company. And we have to help one another. Try to find our place in the current of the vast seas. Have a great day. <laughs>